This is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. Aperitivo comes from the Latin meaning to open. Traditionally, it refers to a pre-dinner appetite-stimulating drink, yet the word can also be applied to the opening of flavors within a drink, as well as the social moments with friends that these drinks can create. Select Aperitivo has been a favorite in Venice for over 100 years, with the bright red liqueur drunk in cafes and bars across the city and around the Grand Canal. To find out more, we talked to Tad Carducci, Director of Outreach for Grupo Montenegro, about Venetian aperitif culture, their 30 botanicals, and of course the cocktails that you can make with it. Thanks for joining us, Tad. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Select was created just after World War One. Can you tell us what was happening in Venice that helped the aperitif gain its popularity? Sure. Prior to World War I, Venice was one of the most important hubs for travel and tourism during the golden age of Europe. And just an incredibly vibrant, dynamic city. And during World War I, it was ravaged financially, especially. And then after World War I, there was this intense and, and pretty immediate desire to recapture that and recapture that sort of idea of being this crown jewel of travel and tourism in Europe, in Italy. So there was this just intense need to recapture that idea of the vibrance and the, the sort of familial aspect and the joys of people being together. So it created this tremendous draw for social gatherings and for everything surrounding that. And as we know, Italians are masterful at putting together food and drink that stimulate that for people and bring people to the table. Rediscovering life's pleasures in 1920s Venice has echoes to what's happening today. How important are those uh, parativo moments? Absolutely. That's a great point. And I think probably it's never been more important, uh, certainly in our history, than now. The idea of the aperitivo bringing people together. The idea of an aperitivo is to unwind after putting in a full day's work, joining friends, joining family, and just celebrating the very simple moments of life. And I think after 2020 and what we've gone through thus far at the beginning of this year, it's never been more important for us to connect with those that we miss, that we haven't uh, seen in very simple and very meaningful ways. And the idea of the aperitivo allows us to do that. I think it's also very interesting that most aperitivo drinks have at least some measure of bitterness in them, whether it's a, a spritz or an Americano or multiple other drinks that can be drunk as an aperitivo. But that bitterness is very interesting. It wakes us up to be alert and to pay attention to those with whom we are having conversations so that we can gather with, with our friends with intention. And be in the moment, I assume. Absolutely. Now, can you tell us a little about the brothers who created Select? 
Sure. Mario and Vittorio Pila, they were actually, they were two very enterprising young guys. They hailed from another beautiful city in Italy, Bologna, very well-heeled, very artistic, very craft-oriented city. And they understood the importance of Venice and the importance of helping to revitalize Venice. So instead of opening their distillery to make cores and brandies and, and aperitivo uh, bitters, they chose to move the operation and build it in the center, the absolute center, historical center of Venice. So they did that and launched Select Aperitivo in 1920. Were they famous for any of the other things that they... Yes, they became famous for brandy that they made called Oro, gold, O-R-O, which is still in existence in other countries today. I don't believe I've ever seen it here, but Select really became their masterpiece, their benchmark. And that's what became famous not only in and around Venice, but also throughout Italy. But it almost immediately became adopted as the official aperitivo of the city of Venice and uh, the surrounding area. Now, outside of Italy, most people would be familiar with a Venetian spritz-style drink made with Aperol. But Select was actually the first ingredient to be used in that aperitivo style. Yes, yes. It's, it, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an Italian story without some measure of mystery and intrigue and, and maybe some rivalry. But yes, Select is and was the original aperitivo of Venice. Aperol was actually created in another very beautiful city called Padua, south of Venice, not within the city. Also delicious and, and makes a terrific cocktail, but not the original ingredient in the original Venetian spritz or spritz veneziano. We very fervently maintain that Select holds that mantle. That must be a little bit frustrating for you guys. It, it is, but it's also, again, it speaks to the pride and that sort of Italian fire. We will maintain it now and forever. It's frustrating because Aperol is, I guess, ubiquitous around the United States and other parts of the world when it comes to the spritz. And it's a bit frustrating for us, for consumers not to understand that the spritz is really a model and the spritz can be made with a variety of things. The original spritz being made with Select. But we are working diligently every day to help those consumers expand their horizons when it comes to aperitivo, when it comes to bitters, and when it comes to the spritz. Now, if people have tried other aperitifs in a spritz format, how would you describe Select as being different? Let's say we take the two brands that are most well-known throughout the world, which represent really the opposite ends of the spectrum of the category of aperitivo liqueur, being Aperol on the light, floral, citrusy side, and then Campari at the other end, which is much more robust, much more astringent, which much more bitter, also citrusy and also delicious. What's wonderful, what's happening now around the world is that more and more brands are coming into the fold and, and people are understanding that it's not just those two, but that all the space in between is being filled and that there are this wonderful array of flavor profiles. 
So we with Select are very optimistic and very confident that we represent the one uh, that is the most balanced, certainly in my estimation, the most elegant of the brands that are starting to become known now. Select is certainly assertive. It's got some beautifully elegant bitterness, but it's got a bit of fortitude. The the, the bitterness is, is certainly there, but it's wonderfully balanced by a whole variety of other flavors. Each of these liqueurs that you're talking about almost represent the areas from which they derive within Italy. Oftentimes, yes, oftentimes they do. When it comes to this particular category, aperitivo liqueur, or sometimes known as red bitter, usually the ones that would be called red bitters are the brands that are more similar to Campari. They are more bitter, they're more robust, they're generally higher in alcohol. But really, all of the brands within this category, the bulk of them come from northern Italy, all the way across the board from Torino and the Piedmont, all the way uh, across to to Venice. So it's really more of a northern Italian tradition, whereas Amaro, which would be traditionally a digestive or a digestivo, those come really from around the country. And yes, oftentimes they are emblematic or representative of the ingredients from that area. With Select, it's very interesting, the Republic of Venice really dominated the world's economy for about 800 years from, let's say, the 7th, 8th century up until the 1500s or so. And what truly dominated that economy was the trade of luxury goods like silks and fragrances and things of that nature, but most importantly, spices from far-flung corners of the globe. Venice was really the hub of the spice trade. And what's great about Select is that of the 30 botanical ingredients that represent Select, they're really this beautiful harmony and amalgamation of many of those ingredients from Southeast Asia, from Africa, from the Far East, from all over the globe that are beautifully intertwined and put into the bottle. Now, talking of the spices and botanicals, are you able to outline what some of those 30 botanicals actually are? Again, like many good Italian stories, it is shrouded in mystery and secrets, as with most brands. But of the 30, I can, I could happily share the two that we find most important when it comes to the defining of the flavor profile. And those would be juniper berries, which I think most listeners would recognize or associate with gin. And we make a distillation of hand-selected juniper berries, and that brings this beautiful bright, piney freshness, this eucalyptus walking through a pine forest sort of freshness that really opens everything up when it's the first flavor note. And then to counter that, we use rhubarb root and rhubarb root brings this beautifully powerful, elegant, woodsy, roasted bitterness. And that's what we, that's what we use. That's the primary element that we use to make select aperitivo bitter. So those are the two primary. In addition to that, uh, citrus peels and spices like mace and cloves. And that's about as far as I can go with that without uh, losing my job. Yeah. How many people do know the actual recipe? A very small handful. Our master herbalist, obviously, he and his team are responsible for 
the whole kit and caboodle from the purchasing of those botanicals and the storing of those botanicals to the entire uh, production process. Select members, select, no pun intended, of his team are aware of the the full recipe. And then one or two of the board of directors or owners of the company and probably some swami sitting on the top of a mountaintop in Nepal somewhere. I'm not sure. Excellent. With those flavors, though, what ones are dominant? What will people taste if they haven't tasted it before? People will certainly get that sort of eucalyptus balsamic freshness from the juniper berries, loads and loads of citrus, but more a sort of a grapefruit or kumquat or clementine, mandarin citrus, then like a straight sweet orange peel, something like that. For me, ginger, uh, fresh ginger root is a big part of the, the flavor profile. And then cinnamon and cloves and those really warm sort of tropical spices here in the States. We call them baking spices and we associate them with winter, which I always find funny because where they're from in India, Sri Lanka, the Spice Islands, the Molokas, there is no winter. And those flavors are cooling flavors, actually. So lots of that. And then tidally wrapped up with that really elegant assertive bitterness from the rhubarb root. Would you consider it to be a little less bitter than some of its competitors? I would call it a medium bitterness. It's certainly uh, more bitter than some. It's more bitter than Aperol, as I mentioned before, but decidedly less bitter than brands like Campari. So it's exceptionally well-balanced. It's assertive, it's robust, it is present, but never overwhelmingly bitter. Now, can you tell us what your ideal recipe for a select Venetian spritz would be? I can indeed, and it couldn't uh, be simpler. It's the rule of three, two, one, and that's the parts required to make the cocktail. That's three parts of uh, chilled Prosecco, two parts of select aperitivo, one part of chilled soda or seltzer. All of that is poured into a beautiful glass over ice, stirred gingerly and lovingly, and then, uh, very importantly for us, garnished with a green olive. And we always recommend Castel Voltrano olive or something similar. That's our hallmark, and it's a very Italian thing to see uh, a green olive used as a cocktail garnish in a variety of different uh, drinks. And that's bringing in a little bit of salt to the mix, I assume. Absolutely. It's bringing salinity. It's bringing uh, a nice sort of savory aspect, a pop of color. But for us, it's very important because when we think of aperitivo, when we think of having these drinks after work, the whole idea, again, bringing people together, but also opening up our appetites, aperitivo is to open opening up our appetites to then have dinner a couple of hours later. But it's always uh, hand in hand with some small bites of food. In Venice, they would be called cicchetti. You might know them as antipasti, plates of nuts or ham and cheese or potato chips and things of that nature. And almost always olives. So we are giving that to our guests right on top of their a drink like a little tapa as it would be in Spain or something like that to get them warmed up and, and get them started. Now, talking of food pairings, would you say that olives are the best 
little foods to have with this? Olives are certainly one of the best bites. Again, the, the, the brininess does pair very well with everything that's going on in the Venetian spritz or the select spritz, but so does cured meats, prosciutto or copa, or even things like mortadella, all kinds of salami, salumi, because you get the fat and the spice and the salt as well. Mixed nuts go very well, but so do things like oysters. We've found out through our our own testing, really, that uh, oysters and shellfish, anything with umami sort of flavors really goes very well. I, I think the beauty of Select and the Select Spritz, the Venetian Spritz, is that it, it really represents the entire spectrum of flavors in the glass. So you have sweet, a little sour, salty, bitter, and there's a savory quality too. So really anything it's paired with latches on to some element within the Select, whether it's a spice or an herb or citrus or something like that, and, and pulls something out. So it's almost foolproof when it comes to Pairing with food, we pair it with chocolate, especially a less sweet, very high percentage chocolate, all kinds of tropical fruits and things like that as well. And I have had them with Thai food, Indian food, Vietnamese food, Costa Rican food, and every regional Italian food one could have. And it works very well. So it pretty much goes with anything by the sounds. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. That's what, I, that's what I'm uh, getting at there. It does indeed. Now, aperitivo liqueurs are relatively lower in alcohol than general spirits. Why do you think that's important now? Yes, you're absolutely correct. They generally are. Select aperitivo is 17 and a half percent alcohol. So it's certainly more so than a beer or a glass of wine, but less spirituous than vodka or gin or rum or a bourbon or other distilled spirits. It's important with the aperitivo tradition because it's meant to be just something light and refreshing and rejuvenating again moving into uh, a longer evening where dinner would include wine and then possibly some sort of digestivo so it's warming the body not trying to rock it to sleep or anything like that so that's why it's lighter in the alcoholic side but now uh, i think it's very important because now as the world opens back up we want more time out and about with our friends and, and family. So consuming something that's lower in ABV allows us uh, to extend our enjoyment, stay out longer. And I think it's we're also in a culture now globally where people are drinking better, better spirits, better liqueurs and, and wines and beers and are more conscious of the amount of alcohol that they're drinking. They want to drink for flavor and the pleasure of the experience, not necessarily to have more alcohol in their system and, and certainly not to have the byproduct of the next morning in the way of a hangover from too much alcohol or the deleterious effects um, of alcohol. I think it's multifold, but it really makes a lot of sense. I know that personally, I love drinking lower alcohol aperitivo style drinks like uh, an Americano, like a vermouth and soda, sometimes an uh, Amaro and tonic and the spritz because it allows me to be part of the experience and to truly enjoy it, but to have a, a little bit more control over the course of a, a longer evening. Can I share one little geeky piece of trivia and information that's, that I always find relevant to this whole category uh, and the idea of aperitivo? Please do. Bitterness in nature 
for the animal kingdom and especially for us as humans is a warning sign for poison. And intense bitterness tells us, stay away from me. I am going to kill you if you eat me in large quantity. So when we consume something bitter, the brain automatically sends a message to the digestive system to flip all the switches, go on overload and get everything out, expel whatever it is we've just consumed so that we have the best possible fighting chance at survival. Now, if we dial back the dosage, let's say, of the bitter of whatever we've consumed to just a very small amount. And this is true of uh, aperitivo liqueur, of coffee, uh, bitter greens and things like that. If it's just a very small amount of bitterness, the brain says, we could have a problem here. I, I don't want anybody to worry, but let's just be on alert. So we start to salivate. The stomach starts to grumble. Blood kind of starts to rush to the stomach and things like that, just in case something were to happen. And that's why we get hungry after consuming things like the Venetian spritz. Interesting. Yeah, I just think it's very cool. It's blindly obvious, but not something any of us would ever think about. I just happen to have a lot of time on my hands. Uh, (laughs) Why I think about these things. No, but it's a great way to describe it. Now, when people drink select, what is it that you want people to take away from the experience? Joy, happiness, deliciousness. For me, I'm in love with Select, so I'm in love with the history of it, the place from whence it comes. So when I drink it, for me, it's it's a very complete experience and event. But really, I think it's just the idea, as I mentioned before, of opening up their palates and flavor horizons to the idea that this category has a very wide variety and array of flavors flavor profiles available, not just the ones that they've seen and that they know, and to not be afraid to try new things and new preparations. And that they can find in a very simple way with the Venetian Spritz, something very unique and very satisfying and also tremendously easy to make at home, again, following that sort of three, two, one uh, model. Aperitivo is very much an Italian and European tradition, but it's not necessarily a tradition everywhere. Has it been difficult to explain the logic behind that to other countries where it hasn't been established? Uh, No. What I'm finding, especially in the States and in North uh, America, consumers are really open to and adoptive of the idea of the aperitivo and what it represents. I think for many of us, we came up with the idea of the happy hour and understand that the happy hour is a time when you leave work and you scramble to the bar so that you get two for one drinks and it can be whatever it is, discounted drinks and maybe a a big plate of free chicken wings or something like that. But the culture is there. So the idea of just reworking it and readjusting it and showing people a way to have it be a, a little more light, a little more festive, and oftentimes a lot more tasty and satisfying hasn't been all that hard. I also think that all things Italian, while they've always been popular when it comes to uh, food and drink, always been popular around the world, really seem to be having 
uh, resurgence, uh, a renaissance, and more and more people are interested in th that part of the Italian culture. So it's a very trendy thing right now in, in other parts of the world outside of uh, Italy and outside of Europe. Now, you mentioned the recipe for the Venetian spritz with select. Are there any other ways that you could drink this liqueur? Absolutely. For me, it's very simple when I think about it. Select is a bitter. And in cocktail bars all over the world, when one walks into a cocktail bar, what do we see lining the, the shelves of the bar but little bottles of bitters? that are dropped in a dropper or in dashes into basically every cocktail that's made uh, by a bar. Select an aperitivo liqueur, aperitivo bitters are the same thing. They are just drinkable on their own and one can use more of them. So I like to tell people, try select aperitivo in almost any type of cocktail just add 15 mils or a half of an ounce for us to a margarita, a daiquiri, an old-fashioned, an espresso martini, pretty much anything one can think of. And it, it will, what it will do at the very least is tie the flavors together, bring uh, a slightly bitter but herbaceous, savory, bittersweet, floral, citrusy element to that drink. So it really works well in a wide variety of drinks. My favorite way to drink it is in uh, tiki style, tropical style cocktails. Okay. There's a drink called the Jungle Bird in which Select really shines. And it's just, it's a combination of dark rum, pineapple juice, lime juice, and Select Aperitivo shaken and served over crushed ice. And it's absolutely wonderful. It's really delicious. My other favorite way to drink it is with an ice cold lager or pilsner. If I'm drinking one out of a bottle, I will take a, a hearty sip and replace what I have sipped with an ounce or so of select. And it's, it's delicious. It makes a sort of shandy style, refreshing sort of beer cooler. And it's really delicious. Select works so well with a variety of spirits. Have there been some interesting cocktails that bartenders have created with the liqueur? Created, absolutely, and also riffed on a, a variety of classics. So there are drinks like, obviously, the Negroni uh, is a classic that has had a massive renaissance around the world. And many bartenders have taken to creating their own kind of uh, renditions or variations on the Negroni still modeled around the basic uh, parts or formula for the drink. But there are other versions made with bourbon whiskey or, or rye whiskey. There's one called the Boulevardier. We call ours the Boulevardieri, adding a little Italian uh, twist uh, to it. Mezcal Negronis, uh, tequila Negronis made with Select. What's really lovely about Select is that it sort of polishes off uh, the rough edges that some might find in a Negroni if it's maybe just a bit too intense for them or too bitter for them because Select's a little less bitter and a little less alcoholic than Campari or other bitters that they might typically associate with that drink. It really makes it a little bit softer and a bit more approachable. But again, as I said, the tropical drinks, tiki drinks, the the traditional Paloma, that's a combination of uh, tequila 
grapefruit, lime, and a little bit of salt with the addition of a nice little slug of select is absolutely delicious as well. So what I see in my travels is bartenders taking these models and plugging select in and having fun and getting creative, just riffing off of a lot of these types of drinks. Now, obviously, select is available throughout Italy. Is it available throughout the U.S.? It is becoming more and more available throughout the U.S. day by day at a wide variety of retail stores around the country and then through services, online services like Drizzly and Reserve Bar as well. And anybody who is interested can log on, do a little research about Select and look us up at selectaperitivo.us and find out where to buy. And what about elsewhere on the globe? Elsewhere on the globe, a Select is available throughout Europe and in parts of Asia as well. And if anybody's in Canada, it's widely available in Canada as well. Cool. All right, Sad. Look, thank you so much for joining us. As you said, if people want more information, they can go to your website, which is selectaperitivo.us or alternatively.it. Correct. People can also connect with the brand on your socials. They can indeed. They can follow us at the same credentials as the uh, website or the, or the same addresses. Select Peritivo, Select Peritivo. Excellent. And that's across Instagram, Facebook. That, oh, that would primarily be Instagram. That's our primary platform. All right, Ted, look, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. And we'd also like to thank you for listening. Be sure to visit cocktailsdistill.com to access the show notes. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on iTunes. Until next time, cheers.